Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Okay, ready? Born ready. ready. Yeah, ready, babes. My mother used to have baths with my grandmother. She was an actress, so she always had like, she would get like watermelons on her titties and walk around nude. <laughs> like that was my grandma. She was like full of life. Hello, welcome back to Should I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. And I'm Em Clarkson. How are you? I'm good. Uh, no, no, I don't know why I said that. Terrible. I'm terrible. I look like a <laughs> celebrity recovering good. from a nose job. I have got big dark glasses on in the house. <laughs> I am two days into a headache that I cannot shift. Normally would sleep oh. it off, but we don't sleep anymore. Yeah, you can't I can't take I can't take the pills that I would normally take because I am breastfeeding. So I can't take so, like I need a Sudafed. I need to get in there and clean it all out. You can't have Sudafed yeah. when you're breastfeeding because cruel. Um I can't wear my space masks because they're so good, but then you've got no vision oh, yeah. and you need vision to be a parent. Like, you can't just I don't know, not yeah. see what's happening. So that's annoying. Um, and then, yeah, and then and then sleep. Sleep would be good, but we don't do that. So um, that's not lol. on the agenda currently. Currently not, no. So that's con- no. my continued bad. It's the physical toll that the sleepless life is, is taking on me. But otherwise I'm oh. thriving. How are you? Anything good? Anything bad? Anything awkward? I like those space masks, actually. They heat up, don't they? Oh, God, they're so good. Yeah. If, you, if you ever suffer with headaches or you can't sleep... It's literally, they're called like spacemasks.com. The woman who yeah. runs it, Harriet, is such a babe. I'm obsessed with her. Anyway, and they're like, they look like sanitary pads for your face and they <laughs> just heat that. up and cure you. Oh, that is so, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to get some actually. I'm gonna I get should some have again. some, I've got some upstairs. I should have, I should have just done the recording with them on. Yeah, you should have done. Um, but you've got your sunglasses, so. Oh, I've got sunglasses, yeah. <laughs> Next um, best thing. Well, my good is my bad, is my good, is my bad. My good is that I went on holiday. My bad is that I'm no longer on holiday. Oh. <laughs> it flew. It absolutely flew. And I feel sad. I feel really sad. Was Normally I'm happy to come. It was so, it was so nice. It was just so nice. Honestly, I read, I read the new Colleen Hoover book, Too Late. Um, I can't believe you're a reader now. I know. I know. Because of you. Thanks to you. No worries. Oh, I read The Fifth Guest, it's called. Is it good? Which I th- think it really really good can't remember who it's by but it's really good i think it's out in august it's from Ooh, look at you. i know press copies getting sampled what are you a book influencer didn't even have a proper front cover what can i say just, wow how oh I my vibe. god it's like in devil wears prada when uh, when andy has to go and get the twins the copy of the new harry potter book they got the manuscript without the cover it was iconic anyway remember. okay well good and bad and please you had a nice time it did look yeah, stunning it was so nice it was so nice honestly like but i've 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 made this mistake of following a lot of travel bloggers right on one hand i love it because it's like oh my god escapism where are they now this is amazing and on the other hand i do find myself feeling a bit like oh i want to do this <laughs> and i can't do this and i just want to live the life of a travel blogger 
I would love to see you living the life of a trap. Like I actually, I didn't realize until just this moment how much I wanted that. But I would love that. I would love to see you. I would love to see you doing the little like swirly thing when they get out onto their balcony and they do like a full three sixty turn and their little skirt spins and then and then they yeah they kiss their husbands and the starlight in front of the Eiffel Tower while it's sparkling. Yeah. And yeah, and then they they walk along the edge of the infinity pool with a really big sun hat so they can't see where they're going. I would would love to see you doing these things. Sit in a jacuzzi in the Alps somewhere where it's snowy. Looking ethereal. Yeah. Yeah. In a dress. Yes. I know. I just want this to be my life now, but yes. it's not going to happen. You'd be barefoot the whole time. Oh, I, I would love this And I follow you. these guys called Hand Luggage Only. And they just go to the most incredible places. With just hand luggage? No, I think that's more... I don't. Think, I think this is more just like a name than a rule. Oh, well, they're frauds then. <laughs> Do you know what? Let's call, what Let's call them out. Let's call them out. I'm up for it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> did you get that? Did you get that big bottle of Tresemme through security, did you? Hmm. Curious. Do you know that soon we're going to be able to take all our liquids through security and not have to undo them, uh, like unpack them? And yeah, stuff. you know, look, far be it from me to criticise <laughs> airport security because... They, they know, like they know. It's always felt a little bit daft. And again, yes. what do I know? But like, why? Because you could take four 100 milliliter things, like bomb juice, I suppose. Bomb juice. And then put it all together. <laughs> and then you've got 400 milliliters of bomb juice. Do you know what I mean? Like you're still getting 400 milliliters through. You just have to decant it. Do you know what? And this is like, this isn't something that I'm proud of, but there is a, there is a gap for me in critical thinking. Like I'm, it, it doesn't come naturally to me. I've never once, I have done the whole charade of taking out my liquids for years and years and years. And I've never once thought why. I've never questioned it. And I talking about now, I'm like, I actually don't know why we do that. But yes, I do it. See, I wish like I was a, more like that because I question everything to my own detriment that's good though it's good is it yeah because then i just find myself getting irate i'm standing in the queue and i'm like this is stupid why are we here but it won't be stupid there'll be a very good reason i just don't know what the reason is and that frustrates me but it does make sense if you're if you're allowed to fill your little plastic bag with as many bottle uh, as with as many filled 100 milliliter yep. bottles as you want then that's a lot of bomb juice it's a lot. I'm going to Google it. The rules were introduced hastily in 2006 as a temporary measure to yeah. protect, protect against explosives. If you're listening to this and you can help, please help. My sister's here and listening and she's just WhatsApp me saying, you're only allowed one plastic bag each, but you could fill that plastic yeah, bag. Yeah, but you could still fit at least 500 milliliters. Lots of different 100 milliliters. Also, if you were flying in a party of like 12 of you and you were all baddies... You, I mean, that's... Jen says she doesn't know how much juice it, t- it needs to take a bomb. Yes, but if you had a coachload of you willing to do it, that, that you could... Can I not Google that? No. No, Google that. <laughs> no, 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 don't Google it. You'll have anti-terrorism okay, at your mind. door. Look, forget it. It's a stupid question. Forget it. Let me move on. My first good was that it was my birthday. I'm older. It was nice. Had a big cake. Did you not have a big tie? I'm going to have... <gasps> that's all that's good. That's all the good. daisies are engaged. Oh, my God. That's our good. Our producer Fuck Daisy. Holiday. Fuck my cake. Got engaged. Is she proposed. Yeah. She proposed to her other Daisy because they're both called Daisy Rose, which is the comments 
were so good when we put it on the Instagram the comments absolutely made yes. my day somebody commented saying they're a little mini daisy chain cute I love that so cute. much um, if they have kids and then, and then they there were a little there was, girl she needs to be called they've daisy, daisy too. yeah yeah and then they can have a, they've got the full daisy chain yeah cute Oh, so cute. Um, and then just most people just DMing us being like, she better go and get a big I know, I love that so many people said that. I was like, that is so clever. Like, I didn't think of that. And it's our podcast. Like, <laughs> And I don't think she'll mind us telling you how she proposed. She like, she's good at embroidery and knitting, isn't she? And she embroidered it onto a handkerchief. No, she wrote marry me on the back of like, it's just... The, 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 she's only recently got into her knitting as well. I was like, I mean, I and that is like, what about like sneaky knitting? Mm, like, there's a lot of ups and downs. What a fun little secret, fun little secret project. Gonna go and write marry me, and then they went. Yeah. Oh, I just love people getting engaged. I just love it. It's so I sweet. know, really cute. I love that she did it. I don't know. It's just it was great. It was just great. Brilliant. Um, she told me before she was going to do it that she was going to do it and I've been like losing my mind oh. I, I love being in on a secret like this it's like my, it's it, it, that's my happy place being in on an exciting secret before it's <laughs> happened I don't know what to do with myself now before we get into our interview yes. let's get awkward <sighs> yeah so I went to a beer festival as you do with my sister her husband and my nephew my nephew's warmed up to me right but it, we're on shaky okay. ground still. We're on thin ice, you know? And he much prefers Dave. Like, when I, whenever I see him, he's like, first thing he says is, where's Dave? Where David? Where David? So, whatever. It's fine. Anyway, we were really getting on this day. <laughs> on Saturday, we were really getting on. Um, and the others wanted to go and get drinks. So I was like, I'll look after Louis. We're playing. It's all good. You go. They went. I'm looking after Louis and then like all good. And a minute in, he like looks up, realizes that his mum's not there and starts screaming. Where my mummy? Where my mummy? I want my mummy. I want my mummy. And I look like I kidnapped him. Oh my God, you will have I was like, like shh, 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 please, shush, 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 shush. No, 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 please, you can't shush him. No, 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 that's just so suspicious. Please, shh. I was like, hand over his mouth, like, you're fine, you're fine. No, I didn't No, you really. weren't, no, you I didn't weren't. Do that. Okay. I was very tempted, though. <laughs> and I smuggled him into the back of the car and he, <laughs> you could barely hear him through the bottom of the boot. Yeah, I don't know. Toddlers hate me. They can, they can smell me a mile off. I don't know. They can smell my you desperation. You can get him back when you... Like, you're going to get this kid back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Follow him on his first date and say weird <laughs> shit behind him. Oh, I thought you meant get him back as in, like, he'll love you again, but you mean revenge. Oh, yeah. So dish Excellent. best served cold. We can wait. We can wait a casual 16 years. That's fine. Never forget, I'm an elephant. What's your awkward? <laughs> oh, God, my awkward. I just want to die. So... It's it's my body again, just letting me down, humiliating me. So, it was my friend's wedding at the weekend. Yes. I'm inexplicably n- nervous about seeing my school friends, even though they're really nice people and like my actual friends as adults. Sometimes when you see your school friends all together in a group, it's kind of like you kind of get thrown back. Yeah. That's just a, that's a, that's an aside to the embarrassment. That wasn't actually the embarrassing thing. It was just a just a thing okay. that I was aware of this weekend. Also, I was really seeing myself through my friends' eyes because I haven't seen a lot of them since I had a baby, and it was really weird being back with like my teenage friends as a mother. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I was really seeing myself through their eyes because a lot of them just different. So I'm basically I'm the first ever kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. First ever kid. I think I was among the first to get married, if not the first to get married. So yeah, it was just, it was really weird seeing them 
and then seeing me, seeing them seeing me, yeah. I was like, oh, weird. Anyway, that's not the embarrassing story. For lots of reasons, I ended up taking Arlo to the wedding. Yeah. She was very accommodating. Bless her heart, because I couldn't leave her behind. Okay, my friend Katie, not not Arlo. I couldn't leave. Kate, I couldn't leave Arlo behind, and no. there was no one to look after her, and I haven't got help, and um, and I, I wish I did, but just don't <laughs> right now. Um, I, I don't want people to listen to this being like, "Oh, she's such a hero." Not a hero, struggling. <laughs> um, anyway, so there was nobody to help. So we went to Scotland. It was hell. This should be my bad. I mean, it wasn't hell. It was amazing. So worth it. But we drove to Scotland and back again in a weekend with a baby. It was it was so intense. That's um, Anyway, it was a lot. Very tired. Fine. That still isn't my awkward. I've got distracted. Went to the wedding. Stunning. Sunday morning. Yep. Everybody has terrible hangovers. We have to drive back. So I went with Arlo to thank our hosts. So they got married at, in the town where Katie's from. So I went to go and thank her parents, basically. And they did put up a marquee because she's in the middle of nowhere. It was like stunning. Um, I went to go and thank them for having us. Said goodbye to her mum. Really nice. Then went to go and say goodbye to her dad and I was holding Arlo and relevant detail, I was wearing my, I've got this t-shirt from Manners, yeah. like, you oh, know the brand Manners, yes. love them so much and for breastfeeding the lower one is amazing and you don't need to wear a bra, even now I've got like double G boobs and I'm breastfeeding and you do not need to wear really? a bra with it because it's so supportive, yeah they're amazing. Oh, wow. Anyway, so I was wearing my Manners t-shirt without a bra, normally not a problematic outfit but I don't know what was going on. I was saying goodbye to our host and I'm holding Arlo like, I don't even know how to describe it, but she's at this age where she likes facing forward. So I kind of hold okay. her like my arm over her. So she's like got her back, back, back to yeah. me. Like she's, yeah, like she's on my front and I'm holding her. And he leant down and he was like, it was a good, 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 good. And he was like saying goodbye to Arlo. Oh, and he's like, oh, you're such a good baby, such a good baby. And I felt this drip on my arm. Oh, and I was like, what is that? Oh and I looked down, I thought, I was like, is it raining? And I looked down and I could feel another drip. What? And I realised milk oh my God. was coming out my other boobs and not the side that Arlo wanted. But he's at boob height, eye height, boob level. He's oh right there. No. So my God. boob basically was just leaking out the t-shirt because I didn't have a bra on. So just cotton and it was just out and then like just just pooling just just milk droplets just dropping 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 oh no and he was Wait, right there and I was like anyway the, got to go through the t-shirt through the t-shirt oh my god it's strong isn't it oh yeah when it's when it's time and I knew I had to feed her which is why we were leaving because I was like I've got to feed her on the way home oh it was so oh bad out. and I really hope he didn't notice and I really hope he had a bit of a hangover and was tired and whatever but <laughs> oh my god he probably noticed let's be honest I was worried about what that drip I didn't occur to me first breast milk I was like is someone drooling like what is, what is going on here's my titties drooling uh, we have a very exciting guest in the studio today one that I've been really really looking forward to it's Imogen Ivy Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, guys. I'm really, Pleasure. really excited. So we met, actually, I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And I don't know, something about your videos and your photos when they come up, it's just like good energy. Oh, so when we were looking at like what models we wanted for the like London shoot, which we just did a few weeks ago, I was like, can we try for this girl? Like, I keep seeing her on my feed and I just think she's so hot and like just <laughs> this is good energy. Like, let's just try and see if we can get her. So it happened. We my made pleasure. it work. That was and such fun though. I was, my interest was piqued by your story. <laughs> the first line of your story was, I grew up in a nudist household in Australia and I was like, um, <laughs> we need to talk to this girl. 
she about? Yeah. So grew up an hour north of Sydney. And yeah. when I when people hear that, I think they often think like oh, I'm from like a hippie family. No, 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 no. Like my parents are professional sailors. They're like entrepreneurs. They're business people. Like right. they're not what you're thinking at really? all. Like complete opposite. They're so. just naked ones. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, fr- a nudist friendly household. Like it wasn't a protest. Like my parents decided like we don't get home and like everyone naked now. Like it's yeah. not like that. Like we didn't grow up like that. Basically... My parents, I now know my parents before they had children. I'm one of three girls, so three of us, three wild women. We'll count my mother, four wild women. <laughs> um, had a conversation and were like, we want to have open communication with our children before they knew the genders. Mm. My mother used to have baths with my grandmother. And when my grandmother used to come on holidays with us, she would like, she was an actress. So she always had like, she'd get like watermelons on her titties and walk around <laughs> nude. Like that was my grandma. She was f- like full of life. Okay, so, I see where you get it from. Yeah, so my mo- <laughs> yeah. so my mother had that relationship with her mother and they used to have baths like once a week together. How, like till how old? Uh, okay, I'm oh, yeah. going to say this with so much love but you are talking no, no, no. to two of the most British women no, no, that yeah. you'll ever meet. Bri- yeah, I must so say the this Brits is gonna, can't. Yeah, this is going to challenge us in yeah, a good yeah, yeah. way. Okay, okay. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask questions. Yeah. Like non-judgmental, yeah, super yeah. excited, but also it could never be me. Yeah. So, um, what age was your mom bathing with her? Grand, my, my, yeah. her mother. Oh, like they even in her like last days, like my grandma oh, would that's get so naked. beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. not but bathing together, but like you know, let, let her titty out, like you know, yeah. kind of thing. It was just like standard. But I think my mother and my grandmother only had that relationship. My sisters, siblings, didn't maybe as much. But yeah, basically, my yeah. parents had a conversation before. They knew they were going to have children saying, we want to have open communication with our children. And it kind of started with the body. Obviously, it was going to be like mental health, physical health. They just wanted to be really close with their children. Yeah. Um, so when we were born, all of us, we're all kind of close in age-ish. Um, it's also hot in Australia, got to remind you. Yeah. And we don't have neighbours that you can see. And we're on the water as well. And we're all big swimmers. So being naked and nude was just like standard for us yeah. and I thought it was normal <laughs> until about 14 but I'll get into that in a little bit but yeah like so I grew up one of my favorite memories is before school my sisters and I all went to the same school would shower in the morning and talk and I just yeah you, uh, the looks the looks I'm <laughs> no, getting no, no, from no, no, it it's really no, like because yeah well there's nothing weird about it for us because we didn't know any better. no and yeah. like my mum actually is a very like open person mm-hmm. in terms of like I would I from as early as I can remember, I can remember seeing her naked, like bathing, showering, you know, like, and I would, it's weird actually, because she was very open with us. Like she would put it on blast, but anyway, (laughs) she like, she would shower in front of us. So like you could, I would walk into her bathroom while she was in the shower and get something or whatever. And she's, she would have absolutely no inhibitions at all. Mm. So, but for somewhere, me, my my brother and sister have picked them up. And it must just be like a British. Yeah. Because when, I smashed my face in. Um, I had to be showered because, like, whatever. So mm. oh, I, I, that was a bit of yeah, my jaw. So that was a bit of a challenge to, for myself to be mm. like. Oh. And then when I had a baby as well, I mean, who like? And she was just there, and so I've just been fully like naked in front of her recently. And, and it's since having a baby that I'm totally like whatever. I understand it. But yeah. she was very. She was always very open with me. Even me moving here and talking about like vulva diversity and like just like pussy talk at like the pub like it's pretty standard with my friends in Australia people here can't oh, talk about it he's like talking about your pussy you know I also I was thinking about this before I came here I was like maybe because we all grew up in like Australia's like bikini culture maybe we all yeah. grew up because we're all you know not wearing as much clothes as well yeah um because of the heat and stuff like that but also like thrush 
like it's pretty common in Australia because you're in swimwear all the time and yeah. it's hot. For me, talking maybe it was just my group of friends, but it isn't. Um, yeah, just far more normalised not taboo, but I came here. You can't just mention no, your pussy no. randomly. People get people get kind of like taken back. Yeah. If, well, <laughs> I mean, like we could to each other, but I feel like if we said it to like the nice sound engineer next door, he'd be like, look at these two. Because <laughs> if you were at a pub, right, yeah. and there was like a group of girls and someone started talking about their pussy, would that be quite, that would be quite bizarre. If it depends her. on the group. It depends. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I just feel like there was far more like uh, walls up when I yeah, moved here. Yeah, there are. And I would talk about it far more freely. And then, yeah, I started doing like vulva diversity work here far more. So what is I, vul- vulva diversity Just like going work. into headquarters, going in and doing workshops, just like normalising it. Yeah. I've done a few and I just was so baffled how little British vulva yeah. owners, women knew about their body, like not knowing like, and also masturbation is so taboo here. Yeah. Like, whoa. Is that different to Australia? Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think we're far more like crass. Really? Yeah. What about in your household? Oh, so very sex positive. My mum bought me my first dildo. <gasps> and my first, yeah, yeah. I broke up with my first boyfriend. Your mum could never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes, here's a credit card. Buy yourself, I was smoking at the time. Buy yourself a vape and buy yourself a dildo. <gasps> what How age old were you? you? Uh, well, she actually promoted, she wanted me to start masturbating at like 16. And I was like, no. Um, but I think that was about 19 then. Oh, And my I did it. God. And I didn't touch it for a year. I think I'd maybe tried, but I was like, didn't work. Didn't know how to do it. What was your reservations with trying it? Because I was caught into the school, like school girls right. saying like, that's gross. There were yeah, a few yeah, girls yeah. that were masturbating and open about it. But I, I, for they? me, I was, I stigmatized it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not proud of that. And that's why I talk about masturbation so much online because I regret not masturbating earlier like for me the empowerment I got from masturbation the confidence I didn't have to I used to rely on men for pleasure and sex and then when I found masturbation I was like oh like I just didn't it was so freeing and it was such a big part of my like journey of confidence and self-love I was like I don't need no man I can do it better myself you know what I mean and I'm so glad my mother like pushed well not not push but like suggested that to me and most mothers Oh, no, now, don't do that. I cannot relate <laughs> to any of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother is, I, like, the coolest person I've ever made. Do you, I feel like I've done my mum dirty because my mum would be on that school of thought. My mum would yeah. be, like... My mum's like, this yeah. is healthy and it's probably healthier than you're sleeping with a heap of men. And it is. Yeah, it is. And my mum used to say, if you're going to have sex, have it in our house. Don't do it in a bush. My parents... Don't do it in a bush. We're very Australian. No, that's, yeah. babe, that's where you go, or the beach. Um, that is not the yeah. uh, instructions that we get. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it in the garden hedge. I've spent months pruning that. <laughs> the garden, by the way, but garden culture here is quite insane. Anyway. Yeah, um, I think that would be the most, like, shocking thing for most mothers. On not the security the, cameras, yeah. well, I can imagine. My that. roses! <laughs> <laughs> not about you losing a virginity. No, exactly. Um, on, like, 4K as well. Um, security cameras yeah so I grew up so I have two older sisters and they had long-term relationships so they had long like older partners so I was like the single one growing up so they were I remember we were in we're in Sicily we're on a family holiday and I one of the boys at home my hometown didn't like me something like that I'm a bit upset I'm about 16 15 let's go 15 and um my older sisters were there and they had obviously been in partners relationships like maybe five years at this point and are older. And um, my mom said, just like start masturbating. Like, and then my other sister's like, ew, yeah, me, 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 all this stuff. So I probably, maybe, you know, that was added to the stigma of it. I was listening mm-hmm. to my older siblings. My mom was like, no, it's really healthy. Like, you should do it. We should try it. Like, mind you, I didn't get my period until I was 18, 17. 
Oh, wow. So I got my period really late. That's late. So, genetically yeah. late. Mind you, my, my hormones were kicked in. I had titties. I had pubes. I had all that. But, and I was like, horn. Um, I was like kissing boys and stuff like that. Yeah. But... Yes, my mum was even promoting it then. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fascinated by it. It's just, it's just, it's, it's mm. like poles apart from my mm-hmm. experience. I can't imagine that. Mm. I mean, I, I do have, I think, the most prudish mum in the world. I like think we, so too. we can't say, we can't say sex in our household. It's if we is it religion? Do have to like? say it? It's sex. Um. So she, yeah, she was brought up in a very strict Catholic household. She kind of tried to pass it on to us, didn't work. Because yeah. um, you're one of five. Five girls? Yeah, five yeah. girls. Mm. But she, yeah, and, and the religion isn't really there for her anymore, but the shame very much is. Right, like yeah. there is a lot of shame around sex and... Yeah, it's it's really. I don't. I, I don't think she'll ever lose it. I, I think it's. I think it's is there to stay. So I, I'm just. You're baffled. I, I, I'm baffled. Yeah. yeah, I just can't imagine that. But that is so cool of your mom. Mm. But- My mom's argument always was sex is, is inevitable. Like sex is a great thing. Sex is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's gonna happen. I want to know about it. Mm. And I want to be under my roof. And I want it to be safe. Yeah, and I want yeah. it to be empowering. Yeah, empowering. Which it's is like, yeah. which makes which all of the, all of that makes sense. Mm. And, that's and good. it started yeah. like with the. You know, not so. The reason why I always thought nudity in the house was normal because it wasn't sexualized. Never. never. I didn't know about porn. Never watched porn. I watched porn at like eighteen. One of my male friends showed me. I was like, Oh my god, yuck! Yeah. Like <laughs> I think about it because I was in this. Um, I first understood my body as like a non-sexualized free being. Yeah. And mind you, I'm a lot bigger than my siblings. So my siblings are naturally petite. My mother's very naturally petite. Right. And I'm big build like my father. So I don't look like my siblings in terms of size. So, yeah, just that building a relationship that, like, all bodies are beautiful and free. Like, I used to skinny dip with my friends all the time. Um, growing up, like, every few, like, that's just what we did. Mm-hmm. We are all, like, laughing. Um, and I remember we hit an age that I was skinny dipping with some of my mates and one of them got aroused and I didn't understand it. You know, it wasn't like they were attracted to me because that's my friend. But yeah. I, I, why would I understand that? Because I didn't know my body was innately sexual. Right. So I was like, I don't get that. You know what I mean? And then anyway, so when I was 14, I was over at a friend's house. Um, it was like a heap of male friends and one girlfriend. I was telling them a story about my that my mum told me in the bath. And they weren't listening to this funny story. They were just laughing at me. And I was like, what's wrong? And they're like, you bath with your mum? And that's when I found out that, oh, that, this isn't like that's common. That's normal. Yeah. And then so I remember coming home. I'm like, mum, we're not normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did you know? Yeah, did you know? <laughs> and my mum's like, well, it's not like, it's not like a bad thing. Like... This isn't a bad thing. So my mum got me a fake ID. And um, so I could go to the local pub and do life drawing after school. Not that I would drink, yeah. but it was a, at a pub. Yeah. So my mum, so like every Tuesday I night. I love your mum. I want to be yeah, your she, mom. Honestly, my daughter. she's goals. Honestly, like, I've never met anyone like my mum. She's so sick. Um, so yeah, so then I would go to life drawing because I wanted to feel connected to that non-sexualized nudity still. Like I was still innocent yeah. and, and all that stuff. So then I started painting nudes and drawing nudes you know and it was the best time I didn't even go to rebel I didn't even drink could have drank but no I just went there the afternoon got out of my school uniform there's all these like retired artists I'd put in my headphones probably like Bonnie Ver I was listening to (laughs) my moody emo and just like yeah (laughs) and then would draw with all these like you know six-year-olds these nude you know sometimes it'd be couples um like a male and a female or just a woman and that became really important the older I got so when I was 18 I fell into body dysmorphia Basically, I looked around and my mother, you know, all, as I said, my siblings, my mother were all in long-term relationships with men and they're petite. And then my girlfriends at school were petite and they had boyfriends. And I was like, yeah. oh, I want a boyfriend. Like, 
And for me, you just do like plus plus equal. Oh, I have to be thin to get a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Australia is very fat phobic. I was yeah. like not understanding of that yet. Like I grew up in a bikini culture. No one looked like me. Mm, I was yeah. a bigger girl um, compared to everyone else and was always bigger than my siblings and rocked it, owned mm. it, very diva, very confident until I turned about 17, 18. Yeah. I wanted to ask about that. Like you said you were skinny dipping with your friends. Did you notice that you were bigger Different. than your sisters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was aware of it. Yeah. Well, it was also like I didn't fit any of my sibling stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was aware but I was did, plus size. I didn't give a shit because I had a relationship care. with my body. And you didn't have, I guess, like, we learned, and I God knows where you learn it, but we learned yeah. almost immediately that big is bad mm-hmm. for girls. Well, I didn't read magazines. I didn't yeah. watch TV, really, growing up. So like, it was more of, like, a neutral observation. Like, mm-hmm. they're just naturally. Yeah. My dad was your big, like, your dad, you wouldn't necessarily. An yeah, and you wouldn't know yeah. that it's, that that and I'd say in quotes that only men are big you wouldn't know that mm. right so you'd I knew like I wasn't desired by boys I guess you'd say like kind of thing like that like I was like the funny fat friend more so and did but, you like, equate that to your weight yeah I just oh, I knew I was bigger but it was never an issue for me because my no. parents never made it an issue for me my yeah. mother made me own it like I'd do dance like obviously I'd wear those little mini crop tops my big belly out and I'd I would dance everywhere. My mum would hype me up like I had a mother that just yeah. told me I was brilliant so like why didn't think anything less until, you know, I was 17, wanted a boyfriend all of a sudden and I, yeah, just excessively exercising mm-hmm. and um, dropped weight and then I got all these compliments that I was hot and stuff and, but I was the least confident I've ever been in my life. Really? Because you were yeah. body checking Oh yeah, I was, I was just like, and I hated it and yeah. I just was like, oh my gosh. So that's when I started, I, that life drawing that I did when I was younger that my mum took me to, I went, yeah. I started doing that again. And what I would do instead of drawing the models, the nude models in front of me, we would draw all like Renaissance bodies, mm. which is like what my body was like. I yeah. had that Renaissance. I was learning this in art history at the time as well. Um, and yeah, so what I would do, I was thin. I'd take a picture of myself, mm. nude, um, and then I'd print it out in this <laughs> home printer. And then I'd exaggerate it with texture marker. And I would put that as like a template. So I would draw myself nude, but bigger. And that's how I fell in love with myself. I was like, I realized I had to represent myself in my own life I couldn't see it in media I couldn't find it in tv social media at the time was all fitness girlies mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it so I was like I have to romanticize myself in my life and so painting myself was how I started and then I started photographing myself and ended up doing I was a non-sexualized nude photographer for like five years because I yeah. felt the empowerment it had for me how can I give that to other people I am envious of you and your I guess, like strength of mind, strength of character to be able to say, well, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing this representation elsewhere. And it's not, mm. I, I'm not seeing myself elsewhere. So I'm just going to romanticize myself. And yeah, I, I could never have done that. Mm. I would never have been as strong to do that. Like, the only option for me ever was to go down the path of thinness. Let's find thinness. Yeah, And it wasn't until I started seeing like people of different, shapes and sizes but like in a positive context it was only then that things started to click for me but to be able to do that by yourself so well, I didn't have that representation in Australia like I didn't see anyone plus size romanticized on tv like they were always like the fat funny friend like I really yeah. didn't have anyone like everyone's very thin in Australia it's a very you could say toxic health wellness culture like it is a very a lot outdoor, of wellness yeah, yeah a lot of wellness some, some of it's toxic for sure yeah. um so I didn't have anything so that's why I went to painting yeah but I think if I do reflect, my parents are not standard people. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. brilliant and, and you know, change makers and, and innovators. And I think even at school, 
um, the high school I went to, my parents were just very different to the other parents. And, mm. uh, you know, they got shit. People judged them. Even in my town, there was probably some people that just didn't believe how my parents were parenting. You yeah. know, they pulled me out of school and I was homeschooled and went travelling with my parents' career for a few years and people thought that was a bit bizarre and, like, yeah. you know, but was the best thing ever for me you know and yeah. like we went to a very strict school and like I'd come to school with pain all over me and you know I wasn't the standard cookie cutter and yeah. my, they used to I used to get pulled in being accused of being a drug dealer at school they'd call my mom because I was different right yeah. and they'd call my mom I was like she's never done drugs babe <laughs> and they would ransack me and I didn't have anything I was never a drug dealer but like because I was different I was pushed but I think because my parents have always been different have always yeah. walked their own beat of their own drum like that this really was probably actually because they never cared. They never gave a shit what anyone thought about them. They've built their own life. They've done it their own way and they've yeah. done it brilliantly. So, like, I think that probably – and growing up with high-achieving parents but also as as their sailors, they always had um, international sailors come stay with us. Like, our house is like a hostel vibes. Like, all these incredible athletes would always stay with me. So I grew up with people that – aren't the standard yeah. that are pushing boundaries are uh, think differently are obsessed like and they don't give they don't consider what yeah. sally's thinking yeah why would they brilliant yeah. people don't no. so i think that was actually subconsciously does that mean we're not brilliant now <laughs> um, i think i think confirmed <laughs> no, i'm not brilliant no. <laughs> um but you know what i mean like no, if I, I can really reflect yeah, yeah, i yeah. think i think doing that i didn't think twice about it because i i had idols and role models in my life being my parents yeah they never gave like shit it's so cool that's so cool because they are you know not mainstream at all yeah yeah and that will have instilled all of Mm. this in you for sure they're not yeah they've done it thing they've done things differently so how did when you were at school and you're beginning to learn that you're a bit different and the other people's like, you, you know, that other people don't bath with their mums or whatever. <laughs> like, how did you then sort of, like, coexist in one world in school, you know, mm. one foot in school and then one foot at home? Like, did it change the dynamic at home? I love school. And, like, I hated the... I went to an all-girls school in the high school years. So we do, like, primary school and high school. That's, like, our schooling. Yeah. Um, oh, I hated all the drama and, like, all yeah. the girl shit. So I was, like, I guess you would say, like, popular. Um, but probably in the sense that I just didn't have issues with anyone. Like I went to, um, you know, there was a lot of Muslim girls, a lot of Asian girls at my school. I, I went to a school like an hour and a half away from where I grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's was indigenous it girls. It was a boarding school. Right. I, I didn't board, but they was boarding, yeah. A brilliant school, academic, like a, yeah. a very good school. Um, and a very like strict and stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't give a shit for the drama or the box gaps or the boyfriend stuff kind of thing at the beginning so I just like floated around like I just had fun at school and then I went homeschooling as I mentioned yeah and I saw so much of the world and I was only around adults and then I came back yeah and that's when I felt really out of place because I had built a career basically I worked for a broadcast when I was away and I had like an adult life I started as a camera assistant and then I ended up shooting live broadcasts and anyway built a film career Basically, when I was extremely young, no one knew my age, came back and didn't relate to anyone because I wanted a career then and there. I was like 16. So I saved up all this money and ran away. And I went backpacking around the UK solo and made a documentary about it. So, yeah, I did feel out of place. But so I, did you run away from school? You didn't run away from your parents? Did no, your parents no, no, support? No. Yeah, they supported yeah, the, you. They were like, well, we trained you to do this technically. Yeah. Like yeah. they put me on a plane at 12 by myself. Wow. Did they? Yeah. For their I, careers. Wow. wow. So, like, when I did that and came back and made a film, like, I, so I was a documentary maker. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was, um, you know, and they believed in me and it did really well, my documentaries, and I kept making documentaries and stuff like that. That was my way of 
letting it out. But I'm it never the the judgment that you faced at school for being different or the feelings in your, mm. like, the comments, like, that just that you were mm. living a slightly different life to mm. everybody else. Did it ever, when you went home, make you feel like you wanted to change anything or did home stay positive and open? Oh, so positive and open. My sisters yeah. are huge role models as well. So my elder, uh, my middle sister, Lucy, taught me a lot about feminism. She's a big mm. feminist. Like, from a young age, was, like, educating me about it. Um, and I found a lot of power in that. And like, that was most of our discussions, um, at the dinner and stuff like that. But remember like where I grew up and where I went to school felt like two different cultures in itself. Like where I grew up is so laid back Mm. and like a surf town in a way. And like, you know, everyone, whereas like where I went to school, it's like, um, like North Shore, um, like it would be like, not the city, but like there, there was like 300 in my year, I think. And like, they go to the mall on the weekend. Okay. And I didn't go to the mall on the weekend. Like I yeah. was rock climbing or waterfall chasing or, you know, running off storms. Like I lived a very different life to the people I grew up with anyway in high school yeah, kind of yeah. thing. So I already had that thing. Never saw it as a negative. Like I was never bullied at school or anything. Like no, I think yeah. if anything, maybe some people were like jealous that I had lived like quite a different life to them. Yeah. Like a lot of the girls I went to school with had double lives from their parents. Mm. So they would come to like, I guess you'd say like our like beach house in a way. And, like, have totally different lives and we would get drunk and kind of thing and, like, oh, don't tell my mom. And my mom was, like, I was always so close to my mom. Yeah. Even to this day, some of my girlfriends call my mom just, like, for really? advice. And, oh, yeah. So, That's... like, if something ever went wrong, like, my mom always had this rule, something ever, we, we were going out, drinking or whatever, young, if something ever called my mom, she, you're not in trouble, call me because I'll be there and we'll deal with the consequences or whatever. But, like... I remember I got really drunk oh God, I one time. Like that. <laughs> I got really just like stupidly drunk one night and made a fool of myself. And my mum picked me up and I was felt horrendous the next day. I was you, like extremely hungover and anxious and all this stuff. And I remember my mum came in and I was like, why aren't you angry at me? And she goes, because you're beating yourself up enough. Mm. And like her, yeah. like awareness of that. My mum's like that. And I was like, oh. Because yeah. I was, I was so yeah. angry at myself. Yeah. I was more. I was There's so nothing scared. she could say to you that you yeah, weren't already saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, my yeah. mum says that sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like parenting feels like the most contentious thing ever. Like in terms of uh, having just become a mum now myself, I'm like, oh god, how am I? Well, I know how I want to do it, but God, I'm never yeah. going to tell the internet like yeah. how I want to do <laughs> so, it because keep it. well, no, there's just so much. Like yeah. I know who I want to be, and I want to. Be, I want to be with my mum and I definitely want drinks from your mum. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like it's such a lovely thing. And I do think like in terms of um, cha- like ch- the change for future generations, I think, Al, you've made this video on Instagram that like the, the generational trauma that we all carry. Yeah. And I think the one thing that we're going to break as a generation so much will be the weight. Yeah. Like, mm. And it's so nice that your mum never made you feel... Mm. like you had to be like your sisters. It wasn't mm. like she was trying to make you... Put me on a diet or anything. Yeah. yeah. My aim from both of my parents was always just happiness. And yeah. even in like, we all have extremely different careers and are like, you know, probably not standard careers either. My siblings and I, and it's like, whatever makes you happy, go for it. Yeah. Like, and we'll support that. If you're not happy, we're not happy. Yeah. So like, yeah, even that. So when it came down to, you know, yeah, I probably was overweight and all these things, but was, was I happy? Yeah. 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 I was. So why would they stop that? And how do you feel now as a, so like, I feel like you've come from a very small town with very specific supportive environment. Now you're in a, your other side of the world, mm, yeah. doing it in front of completely different people, being your unapologetic self on the internet. Like, how do you feel 
doing that, exposing yourself in that way, do you still feel as confident and sure of yourself? Or does any of the any anybody's reaction ever get to you? No, I don't I don't even think twice about it. I think the pillars that were built in me from a young age, hundred percent change that also I went through a quite a traumatic experience about four years ago and I think when you go through something so life-changing and you're shown like Mm. what's I was shown really what was important in my life and caring what people think was not it so that also really exacerbated it Mm. like I danced on the street I don't know if you've seen that Mm. um and people you know Mm. all the British followers like how are you not caring what the people (laughs) because people walk past right when I'm dancing in the street like, what do you mean you're not, like, caring or considering what other people are thinking about you? And I didn't understand that question. I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course I'm not thinking about what they're thinking. And it was like, yeah, I don't because dancing, for instance, or me on the street makes me happy. That's simple, right? Yeah. So why would I consider what they're thinking? I'm being selfish. And I think yeah. in this society you're constantly, especially women, you're told to, like, not be selfish. No, be selfish. Unless yeah. you're putting at someone at harm, don't be, right? So yeah. me dancing... I'm not causing anyone harm. I think the connotations of selfishness when it comes to women is always that somebody else will suffer. If you are selfish, something will suffer in your life. You you won't be giving enough to your family. You won't be giving enough to your partner. You won't be being a good enough woman. Like yeah. it's selfishness in a woman always is um, painted as being at the expense of somebody else. Yeah. So when you say you're selfish for dancing in the street, it's like what a ridiculous term because you're yeah, not. That's like so ridiculous. It's, but it, yeah, I but I'm it. doing it for me and only yeah, me. And yeah. that's, Therefore, that's the selfish. definition of selfishness. Yes, yeah. but that's not the definition yeah. of selfishness that we actually mm. think of when yeah. we think of women. Yeah. Like you're just doing. It doesn't you. mean I don't consider in terms of just being on the internet in general kind of thing, not just dancing on the street. It's like. If I upset someone, oh, I'm going to care. Like, I don't want that. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, selfishness isn't innately yeah. bad. But if I don't know you and you're upset by, like, my body, for instance, me posting a picture, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Sorry. No, That's on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I don't know, for me, because I, it started with the body, building such a great relationship with my body mm. um, and my mind and really knowing who I am and knowing and knowing I have, I have really amazing people around me and I always yeah. have and I'm so unbelievably fortunate to have that. I know a lot of people don't. So, like, if someone doesn't like me, it's kind of like, cool because I probably won't like you either and like I don't know where I like I think because my dad is such like a yeah he 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 doesn't consider what people think of him my mother doesn't either like people in my town probably think my mom and my dad are so different and that never stopped them what a way to live it's lovely it's freeing yeah it's so freeing it's Mm -hmm. so nice yeah you are a model now I am that's your occupation Yes. I don't know why I did that in French. Because you can. Because <laughs> I can. <laughs> I don't give a fuck that none of you guys speak it. I can, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> How did that come around for you? Yeah, so I moved here three weeks before COVID here as a director of documentaries. Oh, that's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> three weeks before COVID. <laughs> well, I must say, as awful, it's so hard to say this, um, but like it was actually it's like a really good time for me. Like obviously yeah. I didn't know the COVID, but I had a really lovely covid experiences that's awful to say but like for me i didn't have fam like family here relatives here that are worried about being sick obviously yeah. make, i lived alone yeah um like on, australia didn't hit till like years later pretty much like a year or so later so i used the time as like free time and i was dancing all the time and i started building more content online um i had as i said i was a non-sexualized nude photographer and like yeah. directing before and all my instagram accounts were deleted in late 2018 so when I returned to Instagram like when I got my account back basically a newspaper did an article about it because I was doing a national tour um and legally in journalism if you 
um, bad mouth company, even like Instagram, yeah. they can, they have to ask for comment. And so they asked for comment and it said technical error. So when that article went live, I got my account back. Humans of the nude it was at the time. It was just like my art, nude photography, body mm. positivity. Um, I was completely shadow banned, thousands and thousands of followers removed, all my content pretty much removed. So when I started, went back on Instagram, I was like, okay, well, let's change the name to Imogen fucking Ivy because I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can't do my nude work anymore, which was so limiting. I lost a business overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so when I moved to London, I just started making content like dancing and like comedy stuff because I didn't really give a shit. My, my worth and my art wasn't respected. So I'm just going to, you know dance in my knickers who cares like <laughs> like I was really angry if anything like fuck you Instagram yeah love you um <laughs> uh just got verified love um congrats <laughs> no, thanks um and then yeah so started moved to London I was making more and more content online and I was scouted from that as a model okay. but there was no hot pics on there like I was just dancing having fun like because I yeah growing up in Australia never thought I'd model like, yeah. why would I have thought that? Like, even when I moved here, like, walking into, um, like, Sainsbury, like, there's, like, chew clothing. You can buy bras. Like, I never experienced that. I could never buy a bra in Australia. Like, I can't walk into a shop yeah. in Australia and buy clothing. Mm. So, like, that was just, like, whoa. And there's, like, people that look like me here. And yeah. Because I was such a proud, fat woman when I moved here. I was, like, 125 kilos. Um, I didn't realize that British people say you're fit. It's like, a, it's like, a, a, you're hot. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People say yeah. you're fit. Yeah. So I remember moving here to like some guys like would randomly hit on me and say like, oh, you're so fit. And I'd be like, no, I'm fat. Like <laughs> not understanding. They were just trying to hit on me. But like, rest <laughs> in peace, babe. So I was taken now. Um, but yeah, my now partner, I, I actually explained that to me. He's like, no, no, fit. It's like a, like, they think you're hot. I was like, oh, whoopsies. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're scouted online. And I remember just thinking it was a scam. Like, I thought it was a joke. It was from my now mother agent for modeling. And it's just like a DM. Yeah. I was like, hey, um, who who's your agency? And at the time, I was actually looking for a creative agency, like a talent agency to maybe represent me at that point. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't have one, but I'm looking for creative agency. She's like, no, modeling. And I was like, what? Modeling? Like, you're surely not. Um, and no, she was dead, deadly serious. Yeah. Um, and then didn't know she was highly connected. Didn't know she was like actually a really good scout and like known. How would I have known that? I knew nothing about this world. Anyway, went to a few agencies and I remember just being so nervous because I've never rocked up to work and been based on my appearance. Like who, that's not very normal, I don't think. Well, I had never, I'd been always been behind camera. So rocked up and like when I'm nervous I just become extra myself so I start twerking <laughs> I love that um, on the table that is and I so not what happens to me <laughs> so I'm in this modeling like waiting room right and there's a guy that honestly probably drop dead gorgeous the, the chiseled jawline Mankinian is that you say Manchester guy oh, oh my god I think you're saying like in a mankinian so <laughs> like, yeah. oh, what is this um, mankinian 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 anyway he's from there um, and he's like so hot like you know that stand kind of chisel look and I was like anyway he went in before me didn't get signed so I was like and I'm in this fluoro I've got a picture of it I'll put it on the podcast fluoro green top and skirt that has like a big slit like and I think like a pink bra like YOLO amazing and uh, anyway I started twerking and I got a contract within two minutes <laughs> and I think I was lucky because they were really looking for personalities yeah. you know more than anything than, than appearance anyway yeah. knew nothing about modelling first job was like super drug never heard of that like you remember, I'm. I was very yeah. naive 
I didn't mm. know brands here. Like, mm. why would I have? I've been trapped indoors for two years at this point, pretty much, like in UK. Yeah. So Superdrug, had no idea, did it. I was like, oh, that's cool. A great kind of brand. Like, yeah. yeah, and then it was like everywhere. And then the second drug was Pretty Little Thing. Never heard of it. So I get flown to Italy. Also a big brand. Yeah, Flo- yeah but I didn't know that. Yeah. So I remember going to the casting for that. They said it was like body positive. And um, they were like, and I spoke about my body at the casting and like my passion for it. And they clearly saw that and booked me. Anyway, I get flown to Italy with mod- other models. And I'm like, these are models that I'm quickly finding out, like modeled like 10 years. And I'm like, second job, like shit. <laughs> knew nothing God. about Pretty Little Thing. Quickly Googling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, didn't know who Molly May was. Like, how would I have known any UK celebs either? Yeah. Like, even influencers, like knew nothing. Anyway, that went viral. That went, I was on every billboard, every tube station. Mm. And that actually was like, kind of was confronted when it all came out. I was like, oh my God, I'm everywhere. Like, I just was so not ready for it in a way, I think. But I was like so blessed and so thankful for it. But that, in hindsight, like kicked off the career. But I, but I, I got lucky basically. But I, but I think my naivety got me that job because mm. I didn't know th- yeah. how big it was or whatever. It was their first non-photoshopped yeah. body positive right. campaign. And did you feel good? Like, oh, yeah, with amazing. The, and with the reaction to it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just think I was I, I think I was a bit spooked out because I was like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I've never experienced that, obviously. But no, now it was all now, positive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no, oh, if there was negative, I didn't hear it. Oh, I didn't listen to it. Oh, great. Like. That yeah, doesn't bother me. Amazing. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, I've been very blessed that I've worked with some amazing brands ever since. Yeah. It is. It does make you realize. I think maybe because we're from here and particularly our, like, we campaign so much to make, camp- make brands more inclusive. Yeah. I don't think you realize how far, I don't think we realize how far we've come. Yeah. To hear yeah. that is actually really good. Like, mm. oh, there's so much work here and you've done so much. And mm. actually, like, Com- you, you compared do to com- Australia. Comparatively, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for me, like, but I say modeling is activism, body activism, like, yeah. because I was in that line of work anyway, like trying to make people feel empowered about their bodies anyway. Yeah. This was just like another avenue for it. And once I understood yeah. that quickly when I scouted, I was like, oh, I can, this is like, for me, it's not really about looking hot or cute. Like, I don't give a shit about that. And you could probably felt that on the shoot. Like for me, it's, it's, it's representation. Yeah. It's making little me's, little fat Emmys in Australia think, oh, she can do it. She's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's just on a bigger scale. It's just a different avenue. So yeah. that's why I model. It's not nothing to do with my being vain or anything like that. I don't think I'm gorgeous. I never think my body is the least interesting thing about me. My appearance is whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about it. For me, it's the message. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you think 
you were brought up to love yourself, to to understand that your body is the least interesting part about you, to just live your life unapologetically. Do you think that's something that adults can learn? Absolutely. That's what I try to promote. It's about rewiring your brain, yeah. really. Yeah. If you grew up in a certain situation, like I know I was very blessed how I, you know, no, I definitely had difficulties and stuff like that as well. But Oh, 100%. It's about re, like for me, unlearning fat phobia. Well, understanding what is fat phobia and then unlearning it. Like yeah. you, majority of the things in our life now we have to, as women, we have to unlearn. Mm. It's not learning, yeah. it's unlearning. Yeah. Which does feel easier in a way than learning. It's still overwhelming, <laughs> I think, when you find out oh, what, the, the life you've been told is But to know that it's possible, it's not like yeah. when you're learning something, it's not, it's like, oh God, if I had to like learn another mm. language, it's like the idea of unlearning something, yeah. it feels quite like, I don't know, undoing somehow feels, mm. e- feels possible. Yeah. And I, I feel the opposite. <laughs> Do you? Because I think it's more difficult, like neurologically speaking, to yeah, unlearn maybe. than to learn. I unlearn think. you have to practice daily. Yeah, like it is, it's not just a one-time thing. But learning, thing. you do. I mean, like, I don't know if we'll ever have an answer to this. But learn, like you absorb learning. Whether... I wonder if you could, like, to be honest, I'd actually thinking about it, you wouldn't be able to un- unlearn French. No, <laughs> like, no, you don't misogyny though. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but I'm just mm. thinking like the neurological thing. Yeah. Like, could you unlearn another any other any other you thing that it, you though. knew? You could forget it. Yeah. I also um, I've unlearned a lot of things as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I was just born and like, oh, she's perfect. No, I've I've lived life. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've think, had to unlearn things. If I, think I can. The, yeah. I think the point. I'm just sorry. I'm just thinking about it. So I've un- unlearned people pleasing. Hmm. I'm I am unlearning people pleasing, and I think what I mean by it being easier is that now I know when the thought comes in, I can catch the thought and make and. Whereas if you're learning something, you have to make yourself have the thought to know it. Yeah, when it comes in, I'm like, bad thought. Rather than having yeah. to go out and make the thought, I can yeah. just fight the thought. It's, it's, what... it's defensive rather than offensive, which for a lazy person... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It's what CBT and DBT therapy is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like you're I think rewiring I your well brain. Yeah. 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 I think the problem I have with that is recognising it. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not good at recognising my own thoughts and like, you know... For me, I, talking to myself is such a game changer. Yeah. Hearing, yeah, 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 all the time. Um, like I go for walks, put in headphones, looks like you're on a phone call. Um, I don't give a shit now. I just, oh, you out loud talk to yourself? Oh, God. Yeah. I do that. Yeah, I do talk that to a pain running. in my room, especially when I used to like get like anxious waves and stuff. Okay. So you can hear what you're saying out loud. It's, yeah. a, it's an automatic tool that will slow down your thought process. Really? Right? Yeah. So when you're in your head, it ruminates, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So then if you say it out loud, it will automatically slow the thoughts. So you can hear yourself and realize you're being an absolute bitch to yourself. Oh, wow. I really like that. Yeah. I do that when I'm running. Yeah. But I look like a fucking hooligan. Who cares? Like I'm literally running around. <laughs> I'm like, I can fucking do this. Look at me yeah. go. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd be like, all right, yeah, you're doing it. So well done. What do you want a medal? <laughs> if someone wants to do that, yeah, start. You can either do it in your own home. I like walking because it feels like I'm going somewhere. Like yeah. if I've got something on my mind, yeah, a walk, put in headphones, look like you're on a phone call if you are anxious about what people think, you know, baby steps. Um, or just sitting in a room looking at painting, looking at something, pretending it's someone and just talking to yourself. Yeah. And you'll realize so much about yourself. Uh, I yeah, I think the way you speak to yourself. Like, if you can't build a relationship with yourself, how do you think you're going to start this journey in self? Like, how are you going to start to unlearn? You got to understand what's the problem. Yeah. First, before you can. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what if there's a Even lot just of problems? Just <laughs> 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 well, you know, this is an exercise no, Julie does. Is like self love and like yeah. self soothing. Like for me, yeah. I started this when I was anxious. Yeah. But like, 
who do I want to be? When do you ask yourself these questions? I highly promote like self-dating. Yeah, I'm in a yeah. happy relationship and all that stuff. But, like, I'll take myself out on dates, ask myself questions I'd ask for a date. How are you going? What do you do for a living? Are you happy to do with that job? Like, when do we do that? No That's one... actually really cool. Yeah. You, how are you do meant you to be your own? Do you dinner and do yeah. that to yourself? Talk to yourself at Yeah, dinner. yeah. Or you can bring a journal. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> oh, my like, God. You, know, just, you think about it. Sorry, British, love y'all. But, like, you guys are constantly consuming, like, what are people going to think yeah. in a public setting? Like, you aren't going to see that person again. Especially in London. When are you? How often do you run into your friends in London? Not that often. Yeah. I run into my friends way too much. But probably in your town and area, but if you're in central. Yeah, and they don't also, care. But you are like influencers. You've got like a following and stuff. But like you should be promoting. <laughs> They'll be like, God, I saw Alex Light sitting in Pret. She was on a fucking mad one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living? I don't know. Doing that like that. I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Help. <laughs> you do need to comfort her in home. But yeah, like talking to yourself and like checking in with yourself. I also do like a scale out of 10. Like how am I emotionally, physically, mentally Oh my God, going? I love this. Because numbers are also easy to... I used to do it with my partner. That's what we do. Check-ins every week. <laughs> I can't commit with numbers. Like, you know, yeah. when someone asks you, like, what's the pain out of 10? I'm like, ooh, four, no, five, no, six, no, seven. No, I don't know. Three, two. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, next question, please. Mm. Yeah, great way to get to know yourself because, yeah, if you are keen on doing learning or self-love. I love like, that. Yeah. I actually love that because it's so true. Like, whenever do we take the time to check in with ourselves? Like, yeah. never. What do you need? Like, I do this series on Tuesdays to so take yeah. what you need. It's like, do you need hydration or do you need food fuel? Do you need Ooh. to be alone or do you need to be social? Or do you need, like, do you need a hug? Do you need a wank? Do you need a kiss? <laughs> do you need to be, you know what I mean? Love like, yeah, but people, it. and I've done it and people love it. And I'm like, wow, because people don't check in with yourselves. Like, when I was yeah. sick, nurses every minute, every minute would be checking in. What do you need? What do you need? Yeah. So I was like, oh, when I, you know, became healthy, I was like, well, why aren't I doing that to myself constantly? You know what I mean? Simple. As a mo- really mother's like do it too. Checking on their child. Yeah. This Why has given me a lot for mother, like parenting. It's, this episode's given me a lot of yeah. like what I want. My mum's back yes. in town. Um, I'll tell you guys and get her on the podcast. Oh she's, my God. I would oh love to talk to her. She's quite that. actually busy, quite whimsical. She's hilarious. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, oh my yeah, god, she's cool. Doesn't give a shit about her appearance, like doesn't dye her hair, never done skincare. Like she's just a, such a tomboy and just dream full of life. Oh my god, I love to talk to her. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Oh my god, what a chat. What a chat. <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much. Thank you for um, having me. I'm gonna be doing a lot of things after this, actually. Starting with talking to myself. You're going to be sectioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy yourself some dildos. Come on. My favourite was the rabbit. You know, buy your mum like, one. Clit and the dildo. Personal favourite. Womanizer's good too. Yeah, I've heard good things about the womanizer. Yeah. Top tip, guys. Yeah. If you're clit um, stimulated, go there. When's your nice. mum's birthday, Al? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> She'd never speak to me again. <laughs> Although I do have to say, I feel like I have done my mum dirty. I don't know. It's just it's just the way she was brought up. You know, she, no, yeah. she didn't there's know no anything way. different. There's and no... she's such a good mum. She's the best. No, and I feel bad it's now. Not it's not a, a bad competition. Because I feel like no. that with my mum. It's like, it's not a bad... To, to say anything, it's like, it's not a bad... No. It's not bad parenting. But you can, as mm. a mother... And I'm learning this now as a mother, you can only be who you are. Mm. And it's like, you do get to yeah. a point when you're like a grown up where you realise that your parents are just people too. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. So cool to chat to you. Love, love, love. Please come back with your mum. Oh, absolutely. We need to speak to her. Thank you so much for listening. Should I Delete That is part of the ACAST Creator Network. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 